Welcome to another edition of the Crowd Noise Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Martinez. The date today, Thursday, September 6, 2018. NFL season is officially back. Waited all this time. It's finally back. No more preseason. No more OTAs. Finally, the real deal is back. Uh, second episode of podcast. I'm still unsponsored. Uh, it's only the second episode, but... I have, uh, I'm very ambitious, um, so on that note, my back hurts a lot, my back is killing me, I need a new mattress, so any mattress companies out there who are looking for a young podcaster to sponsor, I'm your guy, my back is killing me, I need a good night's sleep, I've been on the same mattress since I've entered this earth, I think, I don't think I've ever gotten a new mattress, so if there are any, uh, I, Purple, I know is one, uh, Lisa, Casper, what's the other one, there's another uh, internet um, this is another internet mattress brand. If you guys are out there, if you're listening, go ahead and email me, contact me. I'm still unsponsored as of today. Um, can't really blame them though. It only took uh, two days for this podcast to lose all credibility. Uh, if you guys were listening last week, uh, I picked, I made my college football playoff predictions. Um, three out of four did okay, but the one that did not do good actually did awful. You can thank. Uh, Mr. Our friends in Austin, Texas, Mr. Tom Herman and Sam Ellinger, uh, they didn't get smacked by Maryland, but it was an embarrassing, really slow uh, loss to Maryland. They did not look good at all. They're not going to make the playoff. Uh, it was a non-conference loss, so technically there's, they could run the table from here on out, uh, win the Big 12, um, which would put them at an, on a 12-game win streak. They would have beaten Oklahoma would have beaten West Virginia Mountain Mama, and that they'd have a pretty strong case to the committee for making that playoff, but that's not going to happen. They're not going to run off 12 in a row. Um, so there's that. Uh, we're going to go ahead and jump right into college football. Uh, the, uh, my predictions from last week, where I was right, where I was wrong. Then we're going to go in the, the meat of the show today, it's NFL season. We're going to go ahead and get into that. we got a lot of NFL Stories out of NFL predictions, so let's go ahead and get right into that right now. Oh, and I know, I know the Red Sox play for the AL. I know I made a mistake uh, last week that the Red Sox were going to win the ALCS. I mean, excuse me, I messed up in correcting myself. That's even more confusing. I said the Red Sox were going to win the NLCS. That was a mistake. I meant the Red Sox. Were, I, I know the Red Sox play in the ALCS. That was, a, that was an error. Um, I think that was it, only error and omission from last week. Uh, so let's try and keep it squeaky clean, squeaky clean this week. Uh, with that, let's get it, let's go ahead and get into college football. Like I said before, I picked Texas to get into the playoff. They ended up losing to Maryland, which was uh, really embarrassing for them and for me. But on this show, I like to focus on the positives. I always try to stay as positive as I possibly can. LSU came through for me. Coach O and the Bayou Bengals. They trounced Miami. They really smacked them. Uh, I was the only person that I that I knew or saw on TV who picked uh, LSU. A lot of people were picking Miami to win. I'm just not a big believer in um, in my. I'm just not a believer in the turnover chain this year. I don't think I don't I don't like their chances to even win the ACC. They'd have to get through Clemson, um, which I don't think is going to happen. They'd have to get through Florida State, which uh, could happen. Uh, they got off to an awful start of their own. Really, tag Willie Taggart kept out of the end zone in his very first game 
as the Seminoles head coach, actually in Tallahassee. Uh, they didn't even score a touchdown against Virginia Tech. Um, not a good way to start that game. He claimed uh, Virginia Tech was faking injuries throughout the game to keep them from uh, picking up their tempo. If I was Florida State, I would have... I would have pretended uh, I would have faked injuries so they could forfeit that game. That's how awful they played last week. Uh, Willie Tiger has no business commenting on Virginia Tech. He has his own uh, program to worry about, and he should be very worried. Already on the hot seat just as fast as he got uh, the head coaching job. He's already on the hot seat. Unbelievable. Um, some big games. Let's look at the big games this week. Not too many uh, huge games like last week. Uh, used to be before in the past, you know, week one, you played – you know, a D2 school, and then week two, you play a D1 school. Still a cupcake, but D1. Now uh, you're starting to see more programs schedule the big headline games for week one. Um, and then week two, that's the true uh, cupcake game. So there's not as many uh, big games this week. Uh, there are a few. Clemson, Texas A&M, uh, College Game Day will be there. That game's in College Station. Uh, that game is Kelly Bryant's chance to really secure that starter's job. You have a, get a signature win on the road against an SEC school, uh, not an LSU or an Alabama or powerhouse, but they do play. Texas A&M is no slouch. Uh, Jimbo Fisher, familiar with Clemson and Dabo Sweeney from his time in the ACC, but uh, that's not enough. I don't see the, I don't see them. Uh, the 12th man's not going to be enough for Texas A&M. They got uh, Clemson has an NFL defense. Um, yeah, I like Clemson to win that one. Other game, uh, as far as the rankings go, this is the biggest game of the week. Uh, USC Stanford, Stanford jumped up in the rankings at number ten, and uh, USC dropped after um, a shaky start against UNLV. They're number seventeen. That game will be played on the farm. Uh, both teams actually started off really slow. Uh, Stanford, uh, they really didn't pull away from uh, San Diego State until about the fourth quarter. Uh, or Sega Whiteside really, I mean. It was almost hilarious. He looked like a man amongst boys. They could they could do nothing against him. He had three touchdowns. He broke the Stanford record for most receiving yards in a single game. Uh, he went off. Bryce Love did not, though. He had a really, really poor game. I think he had less than 100 yards. Um, I don't expect that to happen two weeks in a row, especially against um, USC, who gave up 328 rushing yards against UNLV. That's, I mean, I uh, can't believe that, especially with the veteran defense they have. Um, with the linebackers, they have uh, Porter Gustin and uh, Cameron Smith. I didn't expect them to give up that many running, rushing yards. Uh, combination of giving up 328 rushing yards to UNLV. Bryce Love coming off of a, a horrible game for him. He's not going to repeat that two weeks in a row. Uh, I like Stanford at the farm. Week two, KJ Costello. Uh, but this USC team, it's a different USC team than what we've seen in the past years. JT Daniels, he loves a deep ball. He loves to go over the middle. Uh, to his boy, uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. They have that modern-day connection. This is one of the bigger home-run-hitting uh, USC offenses that we've seen in a long time. They've been more of a horizontal team. Uh, they've been called bubble screen U over the years. Uh, but this is a more vertical team. They play down the field. Stanford likes to keep the de- likes to keep the offense in front of them on defense. Um, so that, that might catch up to Stanford. Uh, USC can convert on some of those long balls. They have a chance to... Um, keep it close but I, I like KJ Costello and I don't think Bryce Love is going two weeks in a row getting shut down like he did so uh, I'm gonna go ahead and take Stanford for that one uh, another game not really uh too exciting as far as the national scale uh, but they're two big name programs or maybe one big name program and one name program uh, UCLA and Oklahoma that's gonna be in Norman that's 
that's a route waiting to happen. Um, Oklahoma looked unbelievable. Kyler Murray looked like the real deal, the second coming to Deshaun Watson almost. I get they played uh, Florida Atlantic, and the only reason that program is um, even relevant is because of Lane Kiffin. But um, they looked really good. They got whatever they wanted. I mean, Kyler Murray... He he was sitting by the second quarter. That game was over. They 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 really took over that game and just dominated. And USC, look, I mean, excuse me, UCLA looked uh, flat. They looked lethargic. They looked so they looked awful. And uh, I don't even think the Rose Bowl was half filled. They played uh, in the Rose Bowl and lost to Cincinnati. Um, yeah, not a good game. Uh, Oklahoma, they really and they, playing in Norman that. That game should really get out of hand. Chip Kelly goes 0-2 to start his career as a Bruin. Uh, he might be returning to ESPN real quick if he doesn't get that turned around. I don't know who UCLA plays week three, but starting off 0-2, um, their schedule's not going to get any easier in the Pac-12. They're going to have they get USC on the road uh, or at home later in the season, but that that doesn't mean anything. That doesn't mean they're going to win that game. Um, I don't expect them to, especially starting off 0-2. Not the way UCLA or Chip Kelly envisioned getting off um, that era started. Some other games of note for you, uh, the other uh, top five powers. Uh, Alabama-Arkansas State, Georgia-South Carolina. That actually should be a pretty good game. Two top 25 uh, SEC teams. That would be a game to watch. Wisconsin-New Mexico and Ohio State-Rutgers. So uh, uh, I think you guys know who I'm taking for all of those games. Give me the... uh, yeah, I'm going chalk for those games. Um, with that being said, uh, that pretty much wraps up uh, all the college football for this week. Not too much uh, news. Um, yeah, not too much news. All the games were they were good games this week. Um, nothing too shock. Oh, Penn State. Well, if we Penn State had lost lost to Appalachian State, we would have had a lot more to talk about as far as college. But um, you know, pretty, every, every much, everything game every game pretty much went the way we uh, I anticipated it to. You know, not, nothing too shocking. Uh, Texas was a, that was a pretty big upset, but not much to talk about there. Um, Tom Herman already on the hot seat. Uh, Willie Taggart on the hot seat. And eventually Chip Kelly to get on the hot seat. But those are stories that will develop over time. Now we're going to go ahead and... Uh, it's Thursday, but we're going to go ahead and talk about the games that are played on Sunday. Uh, NFL season officially starting today. So grateful I'm so thankful it's finally back. The NFL season has the longest off season of any other of any other sport because they have the shortest regular season. Um, it's the most grueling, but it's the sport is the most most grueling, and the off season is the most grueling for the fans because it, it takes a long time. You go from February all the way over to September. That's a it's a long layover, and I don't count preseason. It's not even almost entertaining. Um, it's really not. So the NFL regular season is finally back tonight. Falcons at Eagles, it'd be a, a banner game for the Eagles. They're going to raise their first ever banner in uh, Lincoln Financial Field. Obviously, no Carson Wentz for the Eagles, but they do have Nick Foles. That's that's the insurance policy you want. It just depends on what Nick Foles you're getting. Are you going to get Week 17 Nick Foles? You're going to get Super Bowl Nick Foles because one of those guys is really good. Um, Philly waited. His, the Eagles have waited so long. For their first Super Bowl, they finally got one. The first championship in the city in a long, long time. Or not, excuse me, that's wrong. They won, well, still, that was a long time ago. Um, the Phillies won the World Series, but that was in 2008, 2009, almost 10 years ago. That was a long time ago. I think the other one, the only championship after that, you'd have, 
Um, my knowledge, I think you have to go back to Dr. J in the Sixers. It's a long time in between championships for Philly. So um, unless you count Villanova, I know they're, they're not professional, but they've, they've won a few national championships. Um, they've waited so long for a championship. Um, when they finally got one, they didn't know how to handle it. Uh, the team is popping off. A lot of uh, politics on that team. Uh, Doug Peterson is writing books. Um, and Nick Foles, it's, they look like the, a recipe for disaster right now. They really do. There's just too many antics going on, just too many... Um, just too much going on in that locker room. I don't like them to um, to bounce back. Certainly not repeat uh, Super Bowls. They almost they shouldn't have gotten to the NFC Championship. They're playing against the Falcons, who they beat in the divisional round. Julio Jones dropped a go-ahead touchdown on uh, the fourth fourth and goal uh, against the Eagles last year in the playoffs. That would have that would have ended the underdog season right there. And that's another factor. The Eagles are no longer the underdog. Once you win the Super Bowl, you're expected to not only get back there, you're expected to win. You have the the people's attention now. So they don't have that edge, the chip on their shoulder that they did last year. I don't like Philly to repeat. I don't like them to win tonight. Um, I have the Falcons winning 28-10. to 10. Uh, Jay Ajayi, I do like for you fantasy owners out there. Anyone who got Jay Ajayi, good pickup. They got rid of LeGarrette Blunt. And people forget this. This is interesting. Carson Wentz was so exciting last year. They actually led the league in rushing. Yeah, they, they led the league in rushing despite having uh, Carson Wentz. Everyone paid attention to Carson Wentz and Alshon Jeffrey and Nelson Aguilar. They led the league in rushing last year. So if you have Jay Ajayi with an increased role and he's on the team that led the league in rushing last year, that's a good pickup for you and any of you fantasy owners with Jay Ajayi. And, uh, and if you fantasy owners who don't have Jay Ajayi and you know someone in your league who does, who doesn't listen to the show, which they probably don't, uh, you can go ahead and fleece them for, for a trade. Let me know what... Uh, let me know what the specs of that trade. Um, all right, yeah, that's you know, the only obviously the only game today that we have to wait uh, two more days, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday morning. It's officially, officially back. Can't wait for that. So with that being said, uh, here's some uh, marquee games on Sunday that I'm looking forward to. Um, not saying uh, these these should be uh, pretty good games over the weekend. Yeah, Texans Patriots. That one's going to be in Foxborough. Uh, the Texans are one of the most fun and dynamic teams this year. Healthy Deshaun Watson, uh, again healthy JJ Watt. That's their. That's the biggest knock against the Texans is their health. Uh, JJ Watt has been hurt. I mean, repeatedly uh, throughout the years, over and over and over again. He's probably the people want to talk about um, Khalil Mack and Aaron Donald being the best defensive player. People forget about JJ Watt a lot, and that's due to uh, his injuries. People don't really um, give him as much credit. As uh, he deserves, uh, they're gonna have to prove this year that they can stay healthy. Uh, the Patriots, uh, obviously, their their roster moves are well noted, the, or lack of roster moves, I should say. Um, they but they started off slow last year. You know, they started off real bad last year, and everyone was hitting the panic button. And Brady needs to retire, and Belichick is washed up, and then they win in the division, and they they go to the Super Bowl. They do this every single year. Um, they actually played on Thursday night last year. They lost against the Chiefs and everyone. And they lost to the Texans last year, too. And everyone hit the panic button. The sky is falling in Foxborough. Uh, that'll probably happen again. The Patriots are going to probably. I have the Texans winning that one. And the Patriots will go 11 and 5. They'll lose this week. They'll probably start off like 1 and 2 or 2 and 1, something terrible. Um, 2 and 1 is not terrible. But in, when you've gone to eight Super Bowls, uh, anytime you lose, it's a big deal. Um, 
everyone will hit the panic button. Tom Brady's too old. He's doing too many documentaries on Facebook. Bill Belichick is too old and grumpy. And then they'll run off about five or six wins in a row. They'll win the AFC East, and they'll play in the AFC Championship game. So uh, I have the Texans for that one, week one. Uh, second game, this is probably, in my opinion, I think this is the best game of the week. Uh, Chiefs and Chargers, that one's going to be in L.A. The Los Angeles Chargers, Los Angeles Chargers, Los Angeles, Los Angeles, Los Angeles. Trying to drive that through my head. Still calling them San Diego. Um, but they're for real. Um, they, they um, You play in L.A., you got to be a winner. And a lot of people were making fun of them because they weren't, they weren't really the best team when they moved uh, to L.A. Uh, the Clippers still had uh, DeAndre Jordan at the time. There, so the Clippers were not an exciting attraction in in L.A., uh, but they are now. Um, they have a uh, Big Bear Bosa, add Derwin James, um, obviously have Melvin Gordon, Keaton Allen. They have they have a good team. The Chargers are a legit Super Bowl contender. So are the Chiefs, Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt, uh, and Andy Reid. You can't. Both of those teams are going to be really good this year. They're both going to be fighting each other for the AFC West uh, title. Uh, for week one, though, uh, it's Patrick Mahomes. Is, uh, depending on how you want to look at it, you could call it his first career start, but it's it's actually his second career start. He played last year, week 17. wasn't uh, too outstanding, but um, uh, you can call that the preseason before the preseason for Patrick Mahomes. Uh, there's going to be a, some uh, pregame jitters, I think. Technically, his first, his first ever uh, opening day start, that's for sure, um, against the Chargers, who are going to be a division rival and definitely in their way for the division crown i'll take uh philip rivers uh season veteran one of the uh, better passers that we've seen in the nfl over the past 10 years i'll take um san diego in that defense philip rivers and the last game that i have here uh cowboys and panthers that one's going to be in charlotte uh obviously i don't we don't need to talk about um des bryant or jason witten and the cowboys receiving core someone has to catch passes this is what i don't understand i get that their receiving core is not that good and that they're missing pieces but it's not like no one, they're not going to pass the ball. Someone is going to take that number one spot, whether it's Alan Hearns or it's Michael Gallup or Terrence Williams or even Cole Beasley. Dak Prescott really uh, found a connection with Cole Beasley that uh, his rookie season. Someone's going to catch passes. I don't think it's that big of a deal. Um, I think it's a problem. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think they, they, they should have been rebuilding their receiving core a few years ago. But uh, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world. The biggest problem in Dallas right now is that offensive line. The Dallas' offensive line was probably one of the best units, not only on that team, but in the league. The Cowboys' offensive line, two years ago, we were talking, wow, this is the best in football, maybe the best ever um, outside of the Hogs and then the Great Wall of Dallas before them. But they were one, I mean, everyone fell in love with the offensive line. They're really banged, they were banged up last year, Tyron Smith, and then this year they're banged up also. They haven't even started, up, started the season. And what's, what makes that an even bigger loss for the Cowboys is is the receiving core because now um, they don't have much of a vertical threat. I know Michael Gallup is, has been their, their big play guy, but he's a rookie. You don't know what you're going to get in the receiver position. You don't really see too many receivers just come in and, and light it up. Um, Tyreek Hill did, but he wasn't a receiver. His first, well, he was a receiver his rookie year, but he mostly returned punts. And he was a great uh, punt returner. Now he's a great receiver. It take, what I'm saying is it takes a little while for receivers to kind of establish themselves. Well, you had Juju uh, Smith-Schuster last year, but he had the benefit of playing alongside uh, Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. So he wasn't the focal point of that offense. Michael Gallup, should he take the number one spot, he's going to be the number one receiver. He's going to be the main focus in the passing game. Um, 
and they're going up against the Panthers, a team that doesn't really yield a lot of points as it is, especially knowing where it's going. And that uh, big boy Zeke, um, that's going to be the Cowboys' biggest obstacle is trying to disguise the run when you know the run is coming. And their offensive line isn't as strong as it used to be. It's not bad. I think last year's offensive line was really bad because they had a lot of problems. This year it's better, but not up to its full potential. Uh, let's see how Connor Williams uh, works out. That was a second-round pick for the Cowboys. He came from uh, UT Austin. Uh, I like the Panthers in this game. I'm not really a big fan of the Panthers uh, specifically because I'm not, I'm not a Cam hater. I don't hate him as a person. I just I can't. St- he's a he's inconsistent and he's an uh, inaccurate passer. That's I mean we all know that. And in the NFL, you don't just become an accurate. Pa- you don't just wake up and become an accurate passer. That's why people like Aaron Rodgers, like Drew Brees. Tom Brady, that's why those guys are so great because, because of their accuracy. And that's why Baker Mayfield was taken number one, not because of his uh, elusiveness or because he was a Heisman Trophy winner. It's because he threw an accurate ball. Um, yeah, Cam Newton has never been an, an accurate passer, and I don't, I don't expect him to take the league by storm this year. But this, this game should be a low-scoring game. The Cowboys' defenses looked really well in the preseason. Uh, they lost all four games, but um, you, can't really blame it on, you can't blame those losses on the uh, – the starting defense. Their their defensive line is going to be challenging for the best in football, which is interesting because the Eagles, in their own division, have one of the best defensive lines in football. Those uh, Cowboys-Philly games are going to be really interesting to watch. The uh, Cowboys defensive line is going to be one of the better units in football this year. So I think it's going to be a low-scoring game. I'll take the Panthers 13-7. to um, should be a good game, but if you like offense, if you want to watch your fantasy team, I would recommend uh, changing the channel on this one because it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be uh, too many touchdowns in this game. Give me the Panthers by six. So with that being said, those are the uh, marquee games uh, this week. Um, so now let's go ahead and get into uh, my predictions for the NFL season division winners um, and Super Bowl predictions uh let's start with the afc we'll go ahead we'll go the afc we'll go east west south north and then we'll do the nfc so the afc east uh, i have each uh division headlined here um so the east i have this is brady's last stand uh just take sam Darnold. he's already won the starting job um they probably figured they didn't want to make the same mistake that clay helton made uh maybe sam Darnold isn't fully ready but he's the better guy um Teddy Bridgewater is not the future for the Jets. It's it's Sam Darnold. So why waste um, a year of Teddy Bridgewater's career? Go ahead and give him another a chance on another team, which they did. Um, he's in New Orleans now, which, man, New Orleans is going to be set up for a long, long time. Sean Payton is an offensive – he's an offensive-minded coach. He's a quarterback's guru. He doesn't trade for Teddy Bridgewater for no reason. So let's keep an eye on that, that move for the future. But uh, the Jets take Sam Darnold. He's the future – not the present. He's not ready right now, but he is the future of this franchise. And they have a pretty banged up, not banged up, they have an awful offensive line. Their offensive line is terrible. Uh, I, the Jets just aren't ready. Uh, the Bills are a dumpster fire. So are the Dolphins, but the Dolphins have really nice weather. So that's one less thing for them to worry about. I mean, their their roster is just as bad as uh, uh, Buffalo. And Josh Allen, they put him they put him uh, in there with the ones, and he looked, he looked lost. He looked real lost out there. Uh, like I said earlier, Tom Brady, they'll start off slow. Um, the Patriots will start off slow, maybe 1-2, and 2-2, two, two and two, something like that. And then they play in the, the, maybe the worst division in football, so they'll win that division. I'm 
you know, I'm not taking anyone but the Patriots there. Barring catastrophic, another catastrophic injury. Um, you know, the Julian Edelman got hurt last year. He's suspended. He'll be coming back. Um, as long as they keep their key players who aren't necessarily even key players right now, but if they keep those guys healthy, they, they should win. They should win the East unless there's something major goes on there, in which case I would pick the Jets by default. Um, and that wouldn't be too exciting. Um, the AFC West, I think this is the best division of football. Uh, I know that sounds weird because there's a lot of good teams, especially in the NFC. But in the West, as I said earlier, you're going to have the Chargers and the Chiefs. They're going to be going after each other all year long. And don't forget about the Broncos. The Broncos, they had a really down year on defense last year. There should be some progression um, from last year. I don't expect them to have two bad years in a row, especially after drafting uh, Bradley Chubb. I know they lost to keep to lead, but they're going to have so much pressure on the quarterback from Von Miller and Bradley Chubb. Their pass coverage is going to be just fine. Um, I don't think they'll win the division, but they'll be a, they'll be right there um, behind the Chargers and the Chiefs. Um, I like again. I'm going to take I'm going to take the veteran quarterback, uh, Patrick Mahomes, again similar to Sam Darnold. The future, not just ready just yet. I think they're definitely going to challenge the Chiefs. I think uh, whoever doesn't win is probably going to be the the wild card from this division, whether it's the Chargers or the Chiefs. I'm going to go ahead and take the Chargers because they also have a stout defense. The Chargers, do not be surprised if they make the Super Bowl. I, I, they are that good. They're a complete team. They have, they're great on offense. They have balance on offense. They have Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, as I said before. And they also have a good running back in Melvin Gordon. And they have a good defense. Last year, a lot of the good teams were about balance. The Eagles had balance last year. Uh, the Jaguars weren't really uh, balanced. They lost to New England. Well, they should have beat New England, actually. But uh, I like the Chargers' balance. I'll take the veteran hand in Phillip Rivers. And uh, John Gruden giving away uh, Khalil Mack for next to nothing. Uh, they're going to go in 4-12. and 12. They're going to finish dead last. Uh, yeah, I don't like them. Uh, the Broncos, they could be the best third-place team in football, though. They could really be... They could really be good. I wouldn't be surprised if they made the wild card. They they could be a dark horse to make the playoffs. I don't think they will. I really, really like the Chiefs. They have a lot of weapons on offense. But I'll take the Chargers in the West. And the AFC South, this is going to be the most... Com- okay, this is the difference between when I said the best division in football because they have the most competitive teams. In the South, all four teams can win it. But that doesn't mean all four teams are good. Um, the Jaguars are obviously the be- probably the best team. Well, no, you have the Texans too. They have uh, the Texans and the Jaguars, the Colts, and excuse me, the. Got to check my notes here. Like my brain completely gave out on me. Or that's it, huh? They have the Texans, the Jaguars, the Colts, and the Titans, the Tennessee Titans. It took me a minute and a half to remember. Um, they all can win it. The Titans were a playoff year, uh, playoff team last year. The Colts are getting back Andrew Luck. The last time he played a full season, they were eleven and five. Um, I think it's going to take more. Uh, it's going to take a full year for Andrew Luck to get um, his sea legs back to uh, shake off all the rust. I don't think the Colts will win it. Uh, the Titans, I think, will regress. Um, they weren't too dynamic or too exciting last year. Um, so that leaves the Texans and the Jaguars. Um, the Jaguars, they obviously have the best team in f- best defensive football, but they also have Blake Bortles, and that that matters a lot. When you put your defense in those low-scoring, um, grinding games week in and week out, it, it, it tires you out a lot when they're in those low-scoring games. They almost lost to Buffalo last year. Buffalo, who I just said was a dumpster fire, Jacksonville nearly lost to them. It took Nathan Peterman going full Nathan Peterman for Jalen Ramsey and the Jaguars to escape uh, that game. And they had home field advantage that game. 
Uh, I'm going to take the Texans. The Texans' biggest knock is that they just don't stay healthy. For some reason, that that poor team gets bitten by the injury bug every year. Deshaun Watson, an example, uh, uh, tearing his ACL last season. Uh, J.J. Watt's injuries are well noted. I think this is finally the year J.J. Watt finishes a full season. They keep their entire roster, and, and when they do, they have one of the best defenses in football, and you saw how dynamic Deshaun Watson was when he was on offense. You give, you give him uh, DeAndre Hopkins, you give him Will Fuller, and Lamar Miller had a really bad year last year. Um, I think that's, I think that's a, the biggest weakness on their team is a running game because uh, their offensive line isn't very strong either. I don't expect Lamar. I don't think it's all on Lamar Miller, his performance last year, but I don't expect him to prog- progress very much. Uh, but if the Texans can find some some kind of lightning in a bottle like Russell Wilson did last year and let Deshaun Watson move outside of the pocket and give him some different schemes, uh, the Texans should be really good. I'll take them to win the South. Uh, close. It'll be a close one because you have so many uh, so many good teams in it. Well, not necessarily good teams. There's not a big gap. I don't think the gap is as big as people think in the South. All four teams could. If the Titans won it, I wouldn't be shocked. I would be disappointed in the Texans. Because I, they should win it. The Texans should win it, but I wouldn't be shocked if any other team did. That's how uh, the disparity in that conference really isn't that large. And the last, um, oh man, I haven't done any of my um, my headlines. Okay, well we're not gonna go back. I only had one cool headline. That's why I even brought it up in the first place. And it's this one. This is the best headline I have for uh, all my divisions. So in the AFC North, the headline for this one: Joe Flacco ring a bell. Um, and you'll see why I said that right now. Um, the Bengals and Browns—they're terrible. That's that's easy. Let's get to the let's get to the real teams here. So the Steelers are going to miss Le'Veon Bell for up to ten weeks, depending on uh, how hurt his feelings are uh, by Marquise Pouncey. You might not see him till week ten. Some of you fantasy owners who have Le'Veon Bell, you hit the panic button. It is time to hit the panic button on that one. You might not see him till week ten. Uh, you might you're not going to work out a trade for him unless you can really really fleece someone and who uh, lives in a cave and hasn't watched any TV or check their phone in the last three days, uh, you're going to have to drop them and uh, pick someone else up. But you already have an offensive lineman popping off on Le'Veon Bell, which is surprising because uh, especially in the NFL, the t- players are mostly supportive of other players trying to get um, trying to get their money, not in this case. I think it's because um, Le'Veon Bell's been dragging this out for a few years now. It's been going on year after year after year. In a locker room where Mike Tomlin already allows um, distraction and dysfunction, I don't... Uh, this is this is a recipe for disaster. This is just too much. Every year, there's so many politics. There's so many. There's so much talking. So much noise coming out of the Steelers' uh, locker room. I think this is the straw that breaks the camel's back. I like the Ravens. They had a really good. They had a top ten defense last year. So uh, I mean, quietly. I know I didn't even. Uh, you heard heard nothing from the Ravens last year. And Joe Flacco's out to keep. Lamar Jackson on the sideline with a clipboard and a headset. He's on a mission this year. I think the Ravens can uh, they can cloud um, a division division win this year. I really do. I think the Steelers could miss the playoffs. I think that's how big of a loss. Not necessarily a big of a loss because they have Antonio Brown, they have Juju Smith, and they have James Conner. I just think the distraction off the field. Uh, I I just think that takes a toll. And you already know Big Ben has been popping off year after year um, with the media. So that's and Antonio Brown. He's very vocal. Juju Smith is very vocal. He's very active on social media. There's just too many personalities in that locker room. I like the Ravens' quiet team. They play defense. And Joe Flacco, he's going to be on a mission this year. Uh, I'll take the Ravens for the North. Uh, Going in the NFC now. Uh, NFC East, I know I said. Okay, well, they have. You had Giants, Cowboys, Eagles, Redskins. 
the Giants and the Redskins, I don't believe, are truly in it. Uh, Alex Smith is going to find out real soon why Kirk Cousins uh, bailed out on Washington. I don't understand. I don't get where people are coming from. Alex Smith is just miles ahead of Kirk Cousins. I don't see it. Their offensive line was... I mean, they didn't have an NFL offensive line last year. They had to pick guys up off the street, and Kirk Cousins was just getting put into the turf. Uh, they've lost receiver after receiver after receiver. Um, their running back uh, committee just keeps getting thinner by by the week, um, by the year, by the week. And they have to they had to pick up old man Adrian Peterson. You don't know what you're going to get from him. I think Alex Smith is going to find out real soon uh, the kind of mess that Kirk Cousins uh, had to. Had to deal with, and people are gonna, a lot of people are going to give Kirk Cousins a lot of respect this year. Not one because he's going to have a better record than the Redskins, and two because they're going to see, oh, yeah, Alex Smith. Maybe he's not the guy. Maybe we should have uh, treated Kirk Cousins with a little bit more respect. So that leaves the Cowboys and the Eagles. Cowboys don't have the offensive line, the receiving core to put up points. They're going to have to. They're going to have to be a defensive team, a really slow and methodical offense. Um, and that, it's just hard to do. You just don't see it. In today's uh, modern NFL, I know you can't see me, but I'm doing uh, quotation marks. The NFL changes itself about every year or two, the philosophy and the style. You don't see ground and pound teams anymore. That could work in their advantage, especially in the NFC, because the they'd keep the ball away from teams. Uh, if they got into the playoffs, you, you're talking about Drew Brees, you're talking about Carson Wentz, Kirk Cousins, uh, you know, Aaron Rodgers, who's repeatedly tortured the Cowboys over the years, you're keeping the ball away from those teams, but they don't have the offensive line to support that kind of time of time of possession. Um, I don't see that happening. The Eagles are—they're already looking like they're going to be a, the Atlanta Falcons 2.0. They—they look like they're heading for a real Super Bowl hangover. Um, I still think with that defense and getting back Carson Wentz, charging that team, I think they claw out a 10 and six. Um, division win. I think they get back to the playoffs, and that's about as far as that. The Giants, um, I know I didn't talk about the Giants. They're dependent on how well Saquon Barkley can um, withstand a full season's workload. And we don't, and during his time at Penn State, he was never a workhorse. He, he, never, he was a dynamic, uh, big play guy. He was really exciting. Uh, he was probably the best player in college football last year. I mean, let's not take anything away from him. He didn't win the Heisman because he had a, about three weeks where, and that was the case. He had about three weeks where he was really shut down, um, I want to say against Iowa, or was it, um, I think it was Iowa. He had, a re- he had less than 100 yards, and he had three straight weeks where he had games where it less than 100 yards, and that was in college. And the Giants are really, really banking on him being the, workho- the workhorse on offense. Uh, Odell Beckham just signed a massive contract. Uh... He has a talent to justify it. He's really, I mean, you can't take it. He uh, has the best start to his career since, like, Jerry Rice. I mean, he's put up those kinds of numbers. His biggest thing is um, his durability. Are you going to be able to count on him going forward in the season? Um, Evan Ingram, he should be. Well, you have Evan Ingram, and there's a lot of weapons in that offense. He's still uh, Sterling Shepard also. I think Evan Ingram could uh, get lost in that mix with Saquon, Oldale, Sterling Shepard. I think people might forget about Evan Ingram. I don't. Uh, yeah, we don't know. We don't know how well Saquon Barkley is going to handle that huge workload. So I'm going to take the Eagles to repeat. Um, that's a skeptic pick right there. I'm not really too sure on the NFC East. You have a, a few questionable teams there. Um, in the West, 
yeah, this is this is one of the more uh, the bigger locks. Uh, maybe outside of the AFC East, this might be one of the easier divisions to pick. It's going to be the Rams. This is theirs to lose. This, uh, the Seahawks are just convincing themselves. They're trying to uh, convince themselves that they're not rebuilding. They could go 4-12 and this season. They really can and run Pete Carroll out of Seattle. Uh, yeah, they, their offensive line is awful. Also, um, lose Jimmy Graham. That actually might be an addition by subtraction because Jimmy Graham was no good for them whatsoever. That might open things up for Doug Baldwin. Uh, Chris Carson's are started running back. He's not... I'm, I, I don't know. We're going to have to see what he is. He's not uh, Adrian Peterson or Marshawn Lynch like they've had in the past. Um, the 49ers, now they're a really good team. They're going to be the biggest challengers to the Rams. Uh, I still think they're a year away. And when I say a year away, I mean a year away from like Super Bowl contention. They are that good. They've built that defense from scratch. Um, they're maybe a free agent signing away or a midseason trade away from really inserting themselves in the Super Bowl uh, conversation. Uh, Jimmy G's never lost in his career. Everyone knows that stat. But uh, um, obviously I don't expect them to keep that going much longer. Uh, they'll probably they'll finish second place. The Niners will finish in second. Um, depending on how well he can run the ball, they, might, they could challenge the Rams, but the Rams are just too stacked. And they added. They, they win, uh, they're in win-now mode. They added a bunch of uh, defensive pieces. And the Cardinals, they are they are rebuilding. They have the they don't have the pride that Seattle does. They're they're admitting that they're they're rebuilding. They have Josh Rosen there and David Johnson, but uh, they should. I don't think uh, Arizona's going to challenge the Rams. They'll probably finish in dead last and uh, keep building through the draft. Uh, NFC South. Now this uh, probably the best division in the NFC. Yeah, the Falcons and the Saints, who are two Super Bowl contenders, and you have two. Um, not Super Bowl contenders. You have the uh, Panthers, who I, I don't like, and then the Buccaneers, who I really don't like. They have a storm brewing with uh, Dirk Cutter and Jameis Winston. Both of those guys could be out of the door by the end of the season. Uh, so that leaves the Falcons and the Saints. Both of these teams, are they're really close to each other. They both have young offenses, really good offenses, and they both have good defenses. So what do you look for after that? Um, and, both, and both teams are hungry after last year. The Saints... Um, they were robbed of a win in Minnesota last year, and the Falcons um, also robbed. Well, they robbed themselves of a win against Philly last year. So both teams are really motivated this year. Um, so that uh, that leaves the quarterbacks and the coaches. How do you distinguish teams from there? Matt Ryan and uh, Dan Quinn both. I mean, really good. They're both phenomenal. Probably top ten each in their uh, respective position. I don't like to call head coach position. At their respective job, <laughs> Matt Ryan's top 10 quarterback. Dan Quinn is easily top 10 head coach. But I'll take Drew Brees and Sean Payton. They're, Matt Ryan and Dan Quinn are really good. Sean Payton and Drew Brees are even better. I'll take the Saints. I'll take the Saints to win that division. The Falcons will probably uh, get into the wild card again. I wouldn't be surprised if these two are, are flip-flopped. No, uh, both of these teams are going to make the playoffs. I guarantee that not one of them will miss. I don't see any other team passing the Saints or the Falcons to get into the playoffs. I'm going to go ahead and take Drew Brees because he's Drew Brees. Um, he's just better than Matt Ryan. He's better, and that's not that's not a knock against Matt Ryan. Drew Brees is better than a lot of people. I'll take the Saints. Alvin Kamara in his second season, they're going to be getting. They're going to be adding Mark Ingram. Um, he'll have fresh legs, and uh, yeah, they have a young defense. Uh, they have a young 
defense going forward. That was their biggest knock throughout the years is that all they did was pass, 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 pass. They looked like Texas Tech of the NFL. All they did was air out the ball. They didn't play defense. They didn't run the ball. Now they have two good running backs, and they have a respectable defense. I think the Saints are going to win that division. So the last division, uh, NFC North. Uh, the Bears land uh, Mac Daddy. Uh, I got that one from Stephen A. Smith. Uh, Mac Daddy, Khalil Mac. And uh, Aaron Rodgers is not having it. I, the biggest loser from that trade is not John Gruden of the Raiders. It's Aaron Rodgers. He signed his contract a week too early. I know he's not a fortune teller and he couldn't see the Bears trading for Khalil Mack. But I bet he wishes he had waited so he could have added even more money to that contract. Because playing against Khalil Mack twice a year, definitely not worth it. I'm sure he's wondering also, why didn't we get these guys? you telling me the Green Bay Packers didn't know that their arch rival was in the market for Khalil Mack. Why not? And I talked about this last week, um, how the Green Bay Packers haven't really been all in on the roster. They haven't put a roster that's as good as Aaron Rodgers around Aaron Rodgers. Um, an elite pass rusher. I think uh, Aaron Rodgers, all of his last postseason games have been shootouts. Give him a respectable defense. Quit forcing Aaron Rodgers to be Superman. Like, let him... Let him win you the game, but don't force him to put up 40 points in a loss in the postseason. That would have been a huge... If if they had traded for Khalil Mack, I would be picking the Packers to win the division, but they didn't, so I'll go back with the Vikings. Uh, they're the most balanced team probably in the NFC. In the NFC, they are the most balanced team. They're getting back Dalvin Cook. Remember that. That's going to take off a lot of pressure off Kirk Cousins, who's... Um, a lot of people are really, um, they're going to have an eye on, and they should. He signed the, the biggest contract uh, at the time until uh, 40 other people signed the biggest contract in NFL history um, for his position. So a lot of people are going to be uh, watching him to see if he justifies that huge, huge contract. Dalvin Cook's going to take off a lot of pressure from him. He's going to make sure that Kirk Cousins doesn't have to win the, the whole game. The whole game's not going to be put on Kirk Cousins' shoulders. And he's got other weapons. He's got Stephon Diggs. He's got Adam Thielen, and he's got a great defense. I'll take the Vikings. Uh, the Lions are the Buffalo Bills of this division. Matt Patricia, he's in for a hurricane. That, that The Lions are a dumpster fire. They're going to be really, really bad this year. I think I'll take uh, the Vikings, the Packers, the Bears, a close third. The Bears are going to be a, similar to the Broncos. They're going to be right there contending for that first spot with Khalil Mack. Um, the biggest knock against them is uh, what, what are you going to get from Mitchell Trubisky? He wasn't really impressive that, uh, last year. A lot of guys are uh, – a lot of people are – Looking for him to really turn it up all of a sudden in his second year, and uh, I don't see it. I don't see. Uh, I didn't like Mitchell Trubisky coming out in that draft. I thought Deshaun Watson was the best player or the best quarterback in that draft. Um, I know we don't have uh, audio evidence because the show just started last week, but uh, take my word for it. I was saying Deshaun Watson's the best player, best quarterback in that draft. Wasn't a big fan of Mitchell Trubisky. Um, so I'm still not. Uh, but their defense is going to be a lot better. He's going to have a lot of support. They have Jordan Howard. So I'll take the Bears at three and the Lions at a, a rough number four. They could, they could end up being the number one pick in the draft next year. That's how bad they're going to be. So that wraps up the uh, NFC predictions. Um, so now let's go to Super Bowl predictions. So all, all those uh, division winners and wild cards. Who did I have in the wild card? I had the Falcons and I had the Chiefs in the wild card. Uh, I'm going to go ahead. This is my, I'm going to skip the playoffs. I'm going to go straight to the Super Bowl. Texans, Rams, Super Bowl. Houston, L.A., part two. They met last year in the World Series. I'm taking, I think both teams, or not both teams, I think those two cities will get back to, will get to the Super Bowl this year. 
Um, the Rams went all in on defensive veterans. Like I said earlier, they got Ndamukong Suh. They got Aqib Tlaib. Um, and they already have the best defensive coordinator in football, Wade Phillips. And you give him these two monsters. I, I know they're big personalities. A lot of talk. And they got Marcus Peters also. A lot of talkers on that team, a lot of um, voices. But Wade Phillips, he, he's the best to do it. He's maybe not ever. Uh, his dad, Bump Phillips, obviously might be the best to do it. But he's certainly the best in the NFL right now. And I think, he, I think he's equipped. He's been around enough to handle all these personalities. You don't need, need me to go into Sean McVay, um, what he's done for Jared Goff and for Todd Gurley also. Um, then you have the Texans. The Texans are a really, really good team. Uh, like I said, I'm not going to predict for any of them to get hurt or get injured. Um, I expect them to stay healthy this year. I hope they stay healthy. That's going to be a really exciting team. I think it's good for football that you have this level of parity. Um, the Rams haven't been in the Super Bowl in a long time. The Texans have never, never been in the Super Bowl. So I think that would be a, that'd be good for the uh, the fans, especially the young audience, to see uh, two brand new teams in there. Deshaun Watson, he's proven he's built for the big stage. He went off on Alabama twice um, in the national championship, uh, splitting the series. And man, he torched, he really torched Alabama in that national championship. But he's in the NFL now. Um, I think Sean McVay pulls out all the stops. He's one of the uh, the better young offensive minds in the game, so is um, uh, Bill O'Brien. But uh, I like, I got to take the Rams here. Just for, just, I, I got to take, take the Rams here. Really, um, really close, really close, but I got to take the Rams. Um, so I'm, I'm picking the Rams to win the Super Bowl. Excuse me, okay. I'm taking the Rams to win the Super Bowl. And uh, in a close game, I, 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 hope, I hope I'm right here. I hope we see the Texans and the Rams in the Super Bowl because that would be one heck of a game, seeing those two teams in what I think could be a shootout. Both of those teams have really good defenses, but their offense are, offenses are even better. I think that game could be a shootout, one of a Super Bowl classic. Um, so that's going to go ahead and do it. No baseball this week because um, we had a lot of football. We had a lot of football going um as we should so no baseball this week um i know i said last week i didn't have any catchphrases and i didn't have any good way to end the show i had no uh funny punchlines, no catchphrases so what i'm gonna do i came up with an idea because i'm so lazy and uncreative i couldn't come up with a, a catchphrase for myself my own cat i could steal someone else's but i'm i'm not gonna do that i'm gonna go ahead and do what i like to call the quote of the week i'm gonna go ahead go ahead and steal Someone else's not catchphrase. I didn't. I said I wasn't going to steal anyone else's catchphrase. I'm going to steal someone else's words. They're completely different. So the quote of the week this week. Are you ready? Quote. Whoa. Le'Veon Bell. Le'Veon Bell this week quoted. Whoa. That was in response to his offensive lineman ripping him over his contract dispute. Uh, mainly Marquise Pouncey, um, really just tearing him to shreds. Uh, I was he. So whoa. Obviously, he was very surprised to see his teammates uh, weren't on his side and weren't happy about um, him holding out for 10 weeks. Um, I was also surprised to see that. I understand why, but I was surprised. And the reason, mainly the reason why is because uh, mostly in the especially in the NFL, where you don't have these huge contracts like in the NBA and the MLB, players are mostly supportive of each other um, getting these huge contracts. So I was really, I was also surprised to see uh, Marquise Pouncey uh, really 
voices um, disdain with Le'Veon Bell, but I understand it, I, and I agree with him. Uh, Khalil Mack was threatening to hold out, but the situation was different. He didn't hold out. Now he's already signed a contract. He's going to be playing week one. Um, Todd Gurley is threatening to hold out, not play. He signed his contract. He's playing week one. Le'Veon Bell is the only one who's actually not playing. Like you can, you, and that adds to um, you know the leverage you have or lack of leverage you have in the NFL, where you can threaten and threaten and threaten. But once you do it, even the players in your locker room are kind of like, get over yourself. You need to start playing. So um, that's what we're gonna. That's what I'm gonna leave you with. Whoa. Um, this is a crowd noise podcast. Every single Thursday. Um, I don't have a specific time because I'm not a very punctual person. So every Thursday um, from 12 at midnight to 12 at midnight, count on there being a crowd noise podcast in between those 12 hours or 24 hours. Um, you can find it on the Anchor podcast, which you may already be listening to, the Spotify podcast, and Google podcasts. Hopefully in the very near future, we get on Apple podcasts. And to all you mattress companies out there, my back is killing me. My back still hurts. I can barely get out of bed in the morning. Please, please, please sponsor me. I need a new mattress. All you mattress companies out there, uh, I'm waiting for my sponsorship. I just want a new mattress, and I will sponsor you, or you can sponsor me, and I will be the, the best podcast you've ever heard in your life. So please, all you mattress companies out there, my back really, really hurts. I need a, I need a new bed. Like, please, I'm, this, isn't, this isn't a joke anymore. I'm really sincerely asking for someone to sponsor me. Um, Tell all your friends, Crowd Noise Podcast. Enjoy the games this week.